Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Everybody get a seat and something to drink? Great. Good deal. Now, just let's sit back and enjoy the show. I have a lots of news to get to. As usual, let's get right to it. The U.S. government sues a trucking company for overcharging them. The U.S. Department of Justice filed a lawsuit against one of the nation's largest trucking companies for allegedly duping the Department of Defense out of millions of dollars for years. On December 14th, the U.S. government filed a suit in U.S. District Court in Buffalo, New York against YRC Freight, Roadways Express, and Yellow Transportation, all owned by YRC Worldwide, after officials say that they were systematically overcharged. The lawsuit alleges that YRC knowingly charged the U.S. government for transporting heavier weights than the loads that they were actually hauling. From a press release from the Department of Justice, the United States alleges that for more than seven years, the defendants defrauded the Department of Defense by millions of dollars for shipments that were actually lighter and thus cheaper than the weights for which the defendants charged the government. The United States further alleges that the defendants knowingly made or used false statements concealing their overcharging practices to the Department of Defense, or DOD. The government accuses YRC of reweighing thousands of shipments for the DOD and then suppressing the results when the load actually weighed less than the estimate. The lawsuit also accuses YRC of lying to the government about being overcharged by failing to correct false invoices and failing to return overpayments. U.S. Attorney James P. Kennedy Jr. calls YRC's actions fraudulent and illegal and says that this lawsuit should serve as a warning to any other company that would try to rip off the government. YRC denies, of course, all of the claims made in the lawsuit. These claims are totally without merit, said Jim Fry, YRCW General Counsel. Of course, he's an attorney. Of course he would say that. We have made every effort over nearly a decade to address the government's questions. We are confident that the evidence will demonstrate YRC freight actually consists consistently with our contract and all applicable guidelines. We look forward to continuing to provide essential and valuable logistic services to the U.S. government and all of our customers. If I were the government, I would cancel that contract real quick. YRC also says that business with the U.S. Defense Department of Defense currently represents less than 1% of YRC Freight's annual revenue. But, YRC, the bad publicity that this is going to bring you, um, you can imagine that your freight uh, revenue is going to drop 
tremendously. I can almost assure you. Federal government tests facial recognition technology to cut down on semi-truck traffic at the border and other news. Authorities plan to expand the use of facial recognition technology at a major U.S.-Canada border crossings as early as next year. Why don't they do that in Mexico? Authorities are launching a new pilot program at the U.S.-Canada border that officials hope will ease long wait times with the use of facial recognition technology. The Peace Bridge Authority is teaming up with U.S. Customs and Border Protection to test facial recognition technology on commercial vehicle drivers at the Fort Erie border crossing, according to reporting from the Buffalo News. The program will use cameras and artificial intelligence technology to identify truck drivers crossing the border from Canada into the U.S. This technology will compare images of the truck driver's face captured at the border to those already stored in the federal database. Drivers without any issues could then more easily pass the border. Customs can now know in advance who is coming and if there are any issues with that driver. It would have a significant impact on the time spent at the primary booth in the U.S. That's why I don't go through Erie if I was going into Canada. Similar technology is also being tested at the Ambassador Bridge border crossing in Detroit. If the pilot program is successful, officials hope that it will dramatically cut down on traffic and wait times at the border crossing. By using technology on the Canadian side, we can assist U.S. Customs on the U.S. side to expedite the process. We could cut inspection time in half. Authority General Manager Ron Rimes says. Up next, a semi missed a turn on an exit ramp, which leaves his rig dangling over the overpass. Authorities say that a truck driver tried to back up after failing to make a tight turn and then hit a light pole and partially drove off the road. A truck driver is expected to be okay after a crash that left his rig hanging off an overpass on a major Chicago Expressway. This happened about 4 a.m. on Monday, December 17th. Authorities say that the truck driver was attempting to make a tight turn from the outbound Kennedy Expressway onto the Foster Avenue exit, but didn't make it. The truck driver then tried to back up, but accidentally hit a light pole, knocked down an electrical box, and partially drove off the road. The accident left the truck dangling off the overpass. Because there were live wires under the dangling truck, it took crews four hours to clear the crash truck. And uh, thankfully, there was no serious injuries that were reported. Both Chicago Police Department and the Illinois Department of Transportation responded to that crash. Truck drivers get a holiday treat during a surprise safety blitz inspection. Nearly 200 truck drivers were surprised, in a good way, to be pulled over by various law enforcement agencies in Virginia Beach, Virginia on Monday. Starting at 8 a.m. on Monday, December 17th, officers pulled over 180 truck drivers on eastbound I-264 at the Old Toll Plaza for a very unique type of safety enforcement detail. 
When drivers pulled over, officers informed them that they weren't going to be inspected. They were instead going to be treated to donuts, Chick-fil-A, and other goodies as a sign of appreciation for their safe driving. It's all a part of the 25th Annual Southside Commercial Vehicle Driver Appreciation Day. According to organizers, this event is held during the busy holiday season to promote highway safety. Drive Safe Hampton Roads and other Hampton Roads law enforcement motor carrier teams come together to distribute goodies during an alternate type of roadway safety regulation stop. Drive Safe Hampton Roads, or DSHR, is a nonprofit regional coalition whose mission is to increase the community's involvement and awareness of traffic safety issues and reduce the number of crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roadways. Suffolk Police Officer Forrest Godwin created the event 25 years ago. He said that they wanted to give the truck drivers a nice surprise to show how much they were appreciated. Yes, somebody else is thinking about the truck drivers in a positive way instead of a negative way. These guys have to deal with a lot of things and it's difficult and they've got to give it 110%. Agencies participating in the event include the Suffolk Police Department, the Virginia Department of Transportation, DOT, Virginia Beach Police Department, Motor Carrier Safety Unit, and FMCSA. At the bottom of this article that'll be in the show notes, you can see the video of the driver's reaction as they got their treats during this DOT inspection. In other news, police are looking for a car driver that caused a semi to jackknife before fleeing the scene. Officers are asking the public for help in finding the owner of a sedan that caused a tractor-trailer to jackknife and suffer significant damage. The incident happened on northbound Interstate 295 around 10 in the morning in Baltimore, Maryland on the 14th of October. Erica Wilson posted on Facebook the following description asking for the public's assistance. With consent from the owner, I'm sharing this post and ask the public to share too in hopes that the person that caused this accident will come forward or if anyone knows anything to report the information to the Maryland Transportation Authority. Approximately 10 a.m. morning on 295 northbound at the 895 exit in Baltimore, an individual driving a blue four-door newer body style sedan began to pass this tractor trailer at a high rate of speed and attempt to make the 895 exit. The car made contact with the bumper fender of the tractor, causing the tractor driver to make every effort to avoid running over the vehicle. The driver of the car stopped. He got out of the car, looked at the damage, then got back in the car and sped off and fled the scene. There is damage to the right side of the car. It's a sad world we live in that as a human being we lack the compassion to help our fellow man in time of need. Own up to your mistake and remember that the last thought of the truck driver was to do everything in his power to prevent seriously injuring you. Seriously injuring you? I would have fucking run his ass over. I'm sorry. I would have clipped him. He would have got hurt. The picture in this, it was a nice looking Peterbilt, straight pipes, 8 inch stacks, um... He was a um, 
bulk tank driver. I'm not sure which company it was for. He crashed into a sign and took out the guardrail, mowed down the guardrail, really caused damage to his truck, could have spent fuel all over everywhere. Oh, they blacked out the company. It's on the battery box. I'm sure it looks... Well, I'm not sure on the company. I'm sorry. Um, but she blacked out the picture on the battery box of the name of the company. So you won't say it here. And no, uh-uh. That's why I have a dash cam in my truck. You know, you're going to get out of your vehicle. You're going to... And then you're going to drive off. Wait, you're not even going to look back. Come on, people. Whatever happened to common courtesy out here anymore that I've been screaming about for the last year? Common courtesy and public decency on these roads. Let's, you know, clip us a little bit closer next time. Unfrickin' real. Anyway, this episode of Julia's Trucking Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Have you ever thought of about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to find out how they can help you and your business. It's coming toward tax time, owner-operators. If you have any receipts that you need it put into a spreadsheet instead of more work for your accountant, contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to insert all of your re fuel receipts and all of your repair receipts into a, a nice, easy, free-flowing spreadsheet for you. Do you have things that you hate doing? Are you an owner-operator and have receipts that you have to turn in? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing. They work on basic web design, social media marketing, bookkeeping to transcription. Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service today by going to their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com for all of your virtual assistant needs. In other news, an SUV driver ignores a lane in sign and tries to squeeze past a truck. Regretfully, it doesn't work. An SUV driver causes highway chaos when he ignores a lane in sign and tries to bully his way in front of a semi-truck that is in the next lane over to him. This video was shared on YouTube, and he says that the crash happened right in front of him on eastbound I-94 in Indiana on December 13th. Since it's been shared the next day on YouTube, it was viewed nearly a half a million times. In the video, you could clearly see a sign indicating that the far left lane is coming to an end. We all know where that spot is if you ever traveled across I-94. Moments later, an SUV driver traveling in that far left lane seems to realize it just a bit too late. That lane is ending and finds himself with nowhere to go because of a semi-truck in the next lane over. The SUV driver soon loses control, swerving left and then back across all of the lanes of the interstate to T-bone a different semi-truck. The dash cam is able to stop his truck in time to avoid colliding with the SUV. And this video is posted in this article, which is will be in the show notes. In other news, a hairstylist claims a truck driver left bags of human feces 
in the parking lot when she asked him to move. A Texas hairstylist says that her day went down the toilet, no pun intended, <laughs> when she had to clean up multiple bags filled with human feces left by a truck driver who had illegally parked overnight in her lot. Way to go, dude. The incident, and, I, and I'm being facetious about that. I'm being very sarcastic about that. That was not cool. The incident happened on the morning of Wednesday, November 19th, the, the LaBelle Salon and Boutique in Odessa, Texas. Worker Penny Roberts, of course she had to make the news, that when she arrived at work, she spotted an 18-wheeler illegally parked at her store's lot. Roberts says that she knew the driver, who works for an oil field services company, so it's not anybody over the road, it was an oil field guy, now that makes a difference, and that she believes that he slept in the, the private lot overnight. Robert said that she asked the trucker to leave. He complied, but she said that he left something stinky behind. Four plastic bags filled with human feces that he scattered across the parking lot. Roberts explained how she had made the disgusting discovery. She assumes, and I will put this in there, she assumes, these are my words, quote, he's mad at us because we asked him to leave the parking lot. So he's mad, so he took it out on us. So I walked over to pick up the bag to go throw it in the trash and realize what was in the bags. And you could tell it just throw... It was just thrown, and the feces is everywhere. She says she'll call police immediately next time she sees a semi-truck illegally parked in the lot. And you can also see the video in the article below, in this article that'll be posted in the show notes. I'll tell you right now that I will leave a post on her salon Facebook page that not all truck drivers are like that. Truck drivers need haircuts too. And because you're going to run and call police right away because a truck driver parks in your lot, um, you can make sure that you your business will be cut by a chunk. Definitely, it was wrong of the truck driver to do that, but you don't need to be running to the uh, local TV station to uh, broadcast it, that what was done to you. You know, that's pretty immature as well. My personal views, my personal opinion. Up next, five semis involved in a fatal pileup due to extreme black ice and heavy fog. Five tractor trailers or semis were involved in a fatal accident on Wednesday morning due to black ice and heavy fog. The incident happened on the eastbound lanes of Interstate 90 in Missoula, Montana, at about the 58-mile marker near the Tarkeo Interchange. According to Montana Highway Patrol, the chain reaction incident began when a flatbed truck lost control on the black ice about 5 in the morning. The truck ended up sliding on an I-90 overpass, causing the load of lumber to spill and block the roadway. The driver and the passenger in the lumber truck were not injured. Two minutes later, a second semi-truck that was approaching the accident tried to avoid hitting the lumber truck and veered to the left, jumping the median and ending up in the westbound traffic. The driver of the second truck exited his vehicle and fearing that he would get his hit by the westbound traffic, jumped over the median, unaware of the 100-foot drop below. The driver, he died in the fall reading this and i may apologize i this may be a um another a repeat that i may have reported on this last week 
if it is a repeat, I'm greatly sorry, but I want to go ahead and finish out the article. I just, it just dawned on me. I've had a lot of personal things happen, which I'll explain in next week's episode. A third truck then drove into the first truck, causing the driver of the third truck to be ejected from his vehicle. He was flown to a local regional medical center with serious injuries. A fourth truck then slipped on the black ice, slid. How could he slip? A person slips. A truck, this is wrote in the article. You can read it for yourself. A truck doesn't slip. It slides on black ice and crashed into the wreckage, but the driver made it out without injury. Then a fifth truck slammed, now then the fifth truck slammed into the existing bile-up. So first one slips instead of slides, and then the fifth one slams, uh, causing its driver to pass away at the scene. Interstate 90 was closed in both directions between mile marker 50 and 60 due to the crash. All westbound lanes and one eastbound lane were reopened as of 5.15 p.m. During the response effort, a firefighter slipped on black ice and fell nearly 40 feet off the overpass. He was transported to a nearby hospital and he is respect, expected to recover, thank goodness. After the incident, Frenchtown Fire District spokesman Mel Holtz emphasized the need to slow down and exercise caution around the crash site. I can't emphasize this enough. Slow down, Holt said. The Montana Highway Patrol hasn't yet released the name or identities of any of the drivers involved. It was east of Superior on Interstate 90. And there again, this was last, last week. In weather news, experts say a polar vortex could blast the U.S. in coming weeks. Weather watchers are warning that a polar vortex on the horizon could bring the worst winter weather in years in the coming weeks, making trucking difficult across the country. Researchers are reporting that a polar vortex is likely to hit Canada and the United States in late December or early January, which could cause extreme frigid temperatures in the coming weeks. Climate researchers says that confidence is growing in a significant polar vortex disruption in the coming weeks. This could be the single most important detriment of the weather this winter across the northern hemisphere. Forecasters say that the east coast could be hit particularly hard by winter weather in the days and weeks to come. Oh, that happens every year! If the polar vortex disruption moves forward as expected, scientists say it could bring with it the coldest winter in years. And in weather news, a 120 mile an hour wind gust was recorded in Wyoming last week Wednesday. The wind has been pretty constant through the state the past week, but some parts of Wyoming saw stronger gusts than the rest. According to the National Weather Service in Riverton, Lincoln County recorded a peak wind gust of 125 miles an hour at 2 a.m. on Wednesday morning, December 19th. The Mount Coffin Station, <laughs> don't mind the name, is located on the summit of Peak with an elevation of 10,850, which is north of the summit of Mount Coffin in the Wyoming Range. Although not as intense as Mount Coffin, other parts of the states recorded some strong gusts as well. Chief Joseph Highway in Park County recorded a 76-mile-an-hour gust, 
and Muddy Gap in Fremont County recorded a 69 mile an hour gust. A semi-truck driver had a close call while tires explode while he's trying to put out the flames in top story for this week. A Utah trooper is being praised for helping a trucker whose big rig caught fire causing a violent tire explosions earlier this month. The incident took place on northbound I-15 in Weber County on the beginning of the month. Utah Highway Trooper Jeremy McKenzie says that he was following a semi-truck on the interstate when he started to notice the smell of smoke. McKenzie soon realized that there was something very wrong with the truck traveling in front of him. They were flames coming out of the wheel hubs. I initiated my lights and siren to get him to pull over. Yeah, hello, his brakes were stuck. And they heated up so bad they caught on fire. Together, the trooper and the trucker tried to put out the fire, but Mackenzie soon realized that the fire was spreading out of control. He went back to his cruiser to call for help while the truck driver continued to fight the fire with his own fire extinguisher. In alarming dash cam footage that you could see in the article that will be in the show notes, you could see the truck driver as he actually goes under the trailer to try to fight the fire. Me personally, stupid move. That's when one of the tires explodes. It was like a cannon going off, said McKenzie. Somehow, the trucker was able to move away from the truck after the tire explosion. He collapsed on the ground. That's when a second tire exploded. They do that. It's then that McKenzie says that he dragged the trucker away from the truck in, in case any more tires exploded. I honestly was not thinking about the tires blowing up, McKenzie stated. And there again, the film clip will be below. In some more weather news, extreme wind gusts shut down the Florida bridge, causing backups on I-75. Florida transportation officials have been forced to shut down one of the state's major bridges after high winds created a dangerous driving situation. Just before 8 a.m. on Friday the 21st, right before the Christmas weekend, Florida Highway Patrol shut down the Sunshine Skyway Bridge in Tampa after wind gusts of 78 miles an hour were recorded. Typically, wind speeds of just 40 miles per hour is all it takes for officials to shut down that bridge. You can see the video below. You can see the strong winds violently shaking traffic cameras aimed at that bridge. And that's the reason why it was closed. I'm sure it opened back up for all of the highway or Florida and Tampa shoppers afterwards. After In other news, after making $3.7 million in truck tolls in the first six months, this state added 10 more toll locations. And where is it? Anybody guess? Rhode Island, of course. Rhode Island DOT says that they're gearing up to start building new toll gantries in 2019 as the next phase of the state's controversial truck-only tolling program. Thursday, December 20th. Now, this is a heck of a way to give us truck drivers Christmas presents, Rhode Island. Appreciate that. Rhode Island DOT announced that they received approval from the federal government to start new construction on 10 new toll gantries. There are already two truck tolling gantries functioning in the state of Rhode Island. The first new tolling location is expected to be up and running by May of 2019. 
all 10 tolling gantries are scheduled to be completed by May of 2020, so over the next year. They will be installed along I-95, I-195, I-295, U.S. Route 6, and Rhode Island Route 146. You could view the toll gantry locations, and there's a map at the bottom of this article. The new toll gantries are part of the controversial Roadworks program, which tolls only commercial vehicles in order to fund infrastructure repairs in the state. Their ATA, American Trucking Association, has filed lawsuit against Royal Island for truck-only tolls, arguing that they are unconstitutional. Since the first two toll gantries opened for business along I-95 between Hopkinton and Exeter on June 11, 2019, Rhode Island has tolled 1,120,190 trucks to the tune of $3,706,836 in six months. Through many truck drivers have vowed to go out of their way to avoid the tolls, that's why I don't run to Rhode Island, said there has been no diversion from the routes as a result of tolling at locations one and two. We end up using it as a tax break. Now, in this section of segment, I should say, of uh, the show, I'm going to go over a question that was posed in a group that I am affiliated with on social media. Uh, A question was posed by a newer female driver, and it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, it doesn't matter if it's male or female, about... She had six months experience and her company is pressuring her to train, to become a trainer. Now, my, this will more or less be an editorial, I I guess you could call it, for the last few minutes of the show. But having 30 years experience out here in this industry, I personally believe That if you don't have at least five years experience, if not 10 years experience, you have no business training somebody. You have not experienced trucking. You have not been through a bunch of different, because I'm learning things all the time. You have not been through any, a quarter of the scenarios that are out there in order to be a trainer let alone six months of being a trainer. You haven't even dealt with any kind of bad weather or anything. When you're six months out here, you haven't been through a winter yet. You haven't been through a hurricane. You haven't been through a tornado. You haven't been through, you know, really bad weather, driving, um, having to chain up or anything if you had to um, in order to train a newbie how to do it. And besides the attitudes that are out here now, I refuse to train anymore. From time to time over the years, I wanted to train. I looked at training, really that kind of thing. But if I would train somebody, I would really have to know them. They would really have to be trustworthy. I would really have to trust them with my vehicle, let alone with my personal belongings, that they're not going to take off if I'm in the rest in the truck stop and they're fueling and they didn't see me get out of a truck. People don't think about this. And I walk inside or they're in the bathroom and I walk inside and they don't look in the bunk to see if I'm back here and they take off and I'm still in the truck stop. 
you know, usually you coordinate, you know, taking a shower or doing laundry and those kind of things. But using the restroom, not necessarily. If they walked into the restaurant to go get them something to go or something like that, that's why you would always kind of coordinate, hey, I'm going to leave the wind curtains open if I'm not in the truck. Always turn around and look behind you to, you know, make sure I'm here. You know, if I forget to leave the curtain open, you know, always open up the curtains. You would really have to coordinate. And it's a big trust issue. It really is. Besides, you know, getting to know somebody's driving uh, habits, getting to trust them behind the wheel of the truck before you could even get any kind of sleep. So it would be a lot of, it's a lot to, to train somebody out here. It really, really is. So I just... I really deter from training out here. Uh, I could give advice all day long. That's why I got this radio show. But as far as getting behind the wheel, I try to help somebody back into a spot when I can. Uh, try to get, offer tips and tricks, that kind of thing. Um, to the younger generation out here, the newbies out here, uh, a lot of the older drivers, eh, they're not going to... I always uh, walk up and say, hey, you know, would you mind, you know, do you need some help or something like that? A lot of times they don't because, of course, they know it all. Um, but uh, I really... I really would deter anybody training if you don't have at least five to ten years experience. There again, that is just me personally. Um, and if you have any comments about that, please feel free to comment in the comment section below this episode. Please feel free to leave a comment on uh, underneath the post in Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, please share the episode with uh, fellow drivers. Please share our Facebook page or website or anything. Please look around the website if you're new. I greatly appreciate all my listeners who tune in every week to listen to the show. If you're a new, please check us out. Um, there again, I have every, at the bottom of every episode, I have links to where other places that you could find us where you can listen to you to us on your phone. You don't necessarily have to always go to the website and listen. You know, we are on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, uh, besides Twitter and Facebook. The website is the hub of everything. Just underneath the cafe menu, you could find us. And you want to email me personally, please feel free to do that. My contact info is under the contact page. Um, you know, please like us on Facebook. And don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Trucking Cafe Regulars. I love to share recipes on our website and videos and much more i'm going to be working on that i promise i promise um but please subscribe to our email list and i'll send you the show notes right to your inbox this way you don't have to keep coming back to the website which i'm glad that you do excuse me and to view the articles and that i reference in every show and i talk about in every show you could read it for yourself that i'm not pulling your leg i'm not pulling you know jerking your chain and if you're on our email list, if I have new and upcoming things going on in the future, you'll be the one of the first ones to know about those things that are in the works. And before I forget, please feel free, like I said, to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I greatly appreciate the feedback. I read each and every one of them. It, you know, as long as they're clean, they will, I'll share them. They'll be posted on the page for everybody to read and everybody to comment. I love the interaction. 
if you have an idea for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. Again, my email is under the contact page on the website. So I greatly appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. And I hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. And until next time, keep the shiny side up. Put you down, little